When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Rapcast, and this one, another episode previewing the season by player. And of course, that means we have to preview a player. That player today is OG Ananobi. Previewing his season with me is Oren Weisfeld of Yahoo and other places where he'll be working, doing lots of great stuff this year. Uh, we sat together at the, I guess, the last preseason game in Scotiabank Re- Arena, had a blast, talked about doing this. Oren, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. It's always uh, tough to do these things after we already talk for 10 minutes. But uh, (laughs) yeah, man, Uh, very excited for preseason to end and for the Raptors season to begin. I feel like an NBA veteran right now where it's just like, all right, that was fun. Let's let's start the let's start the real stuff. Do you have any do you have any takeaways from preseason? Did like you watch preseason something piqued your interest? Oh, definitely. I I, I have like several takeaways i don't know um but i mean i don't know like banton is is probably the biggest one just because he's a guy i've followed really closely since he got to the nba and i'm first of all i'm biased because i cover a lot of canadian basketball so i'm rooting for him and second of all i've always believed in him and it's really good to see like the game slow down tremendously and the the Raptors really put him in positions where he's like more of a finisher than anything right now, which isn't how I envisioned him coming into the league. There's obviously steps he still needs to take to be like an on-ball primary guy, but the fact that he's fitting into a half-court scheme without a jump shot off the ball is really encouraging for me because it just means like his length and his cutting and his finishing is that good that he can actually do it. And it's only uphill from here in terms of like, if you can stay on the floor just doing those things and defending at a pretty high level, um, then you're just going to have those reps to to continue getting more and more time. So I'm, I think that's the biggest one. Have you have you written anything about his preseason? No, I'll, I'll write like a takeaways piece at Yahoo uh, early next week, and I'll definitely touch on that then. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't. Okay, so so listener, viewer, uh, stay tuned for that with Oren in a week or so. But if you want the... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, Aiden Moss at Raptors Republic, I was just reading his five things he likes and doesn't like about the Raptors. And he touched on Banton and he touched on the defense, which I think was a really good point that not as many people are bringing up. Uh, so I would recommend people go check out that in the meantime. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say Aiden's piece, the five things I like and don't like. Myself and Lewis have also written about Banton's preseason, all on Raptors Republic. So OG and Anobi, we're three minutes in and we got to talk about OG. OG, I'll set the stage. This is a guy who succeeded tremendously as a role player. We're talking about like 
60% true shooting, hits his threes, finishes at the rim, is a great cutter, defends at an all-defensive level, probably should have been chosen in the bubble season. He or Marcus Saul. He was, you know, a mercurial figure or seen as such uh, among the Raptors from the outside looking in because there were rumors that he wanted a bigger role and that meant that the Sharks came out to play. Everybody wanted OG Ananobi. Nothing came of it. Now we're here. OG still definitely wants more of the ball. Of course he does, but he's still with the Raptors. Nobody said he actually wanted to leave them. And he has a whole season ahead of him where he has to fit in next to other wing creators. He has to play a hybrid situation on defense. What are your expectations for the season ahead for OG? My expectations. Well, I think that's the thing about OG is he doesn't need anything wild to happen in order to kind of take a leap and kind of cement himself as even like a number two option or, or like for Barnes, I, I, I compare OG to Barnes a lot this off season, just because like the hype around Barnes compared to OG never felt right to me where a lot of people were thinking like, okay, this is the year for Barnes to step into that number two role on offense. And really, and really the Raptors can take a jump that way. And I've always thought like, that's a little premature for me. However, I could see OG taking a leap into that number two role because it's it's a smaller leap for OG in terms of like what we've already seen from him, I think, and the polish he already has in, in or the flashes he's already shown in so many different areas of the game. So my expectations, like if this guy stays healthy, I don't see why he can't inch that three-point shooting up closer to 40%. Last year was a little bit off of a down year in in for him. Uh, so the three point shooting goes closer to 40%. The defense, if he's in the rotation consistently is an all defense type of guy. Um, and then all he has to do on ball, like creation wise is like a little bit here and there. I'm not asking for anything crazy, but like get a little bit more comfortable in the post. I think that's, we can talk about that, but that's a huge one for him just based on the way that the Raptors want to play, especially against switchy teams. Um, and then I, I thought last year he actually took a pretty big step in terms of the balance and the strength creation stuff. And so I'm already like pretty happy with those and just the way he's finishing drives. So like, I don't have a sexy answer, but my expectations are for him to just have a more consistent season than we saw last year, but actually do it just do the good stuff more than the bad, I guess. <laughs> it's well, basically what you're saying, right? Is that the floor of his game is extremely high. OG, he can he can disappoint people. He can be less than what people wanted if they were expecting this massive leap. Maybe like myself in the preview piece I wrote for OG last year, I said if he's healthy, if the team is good, I think he might he might make a bid for an all star spot. That's he, what I think this year. Sure. And maybe maybe that happens. But yeah. my, my takeaway is like the floor of the game is really high. And you're saying so the all-star leap, that looks like to you a bit more proficiency in isolation in the post and el- and you know the catch and shoot stuff. What do you make of where he's really struggled, which is you know, breaking guys down off of his own dribble and the pull-up jump shot? And typically those two things allow guys to ascend to all-star status. Yeah, like, I don't think he's going to become the type of player like Kawhi Leonard is in in the sense that, like, his first step and his dribble combinations aren't creating separation, but that's okay. Like, yeah, like, I'm not really confident that's going to come this season. 
what I am confident in is, is all the other stuff like using his strength to knock guys off their spots or getting better in the post. Um, but yeah, in terms of, in terms of the separation with his dribble, not so confident. I mean, the pull-up shot is slightly different cause you don't always need to create a lot of room to get off the pull-up shot when you're as big as OG. Um, and like based on last season, there's no like it's it'd be hard to I feel like to be as bad as he was last season, right? So um yeah, like the pull-up shooting should come along a little bit, but I don't I don't think it's gonna be a huge part of his game. But again, like we don't really talk about OG in the sense that like he's a really versatile player because there's Barnes and Siakam, but he is like he he succeeds in a lot of different ways. And so as long as he succeeds in a few different ways a little bit more efficiently than he did last season. Um, I think that's the path to an all-star, but yeah, like the stuff that you're talking about is like how you jump from an all-star to like a number one option type of guy. And I don't see that in OG's cards. I think we maybe, maybe disagree a little bit as far as like what, what uh, a wing does between like all-star and maybe the top contention, but also there, there's some of the, if we want to talk about when this comes out on Raptors Republic, the offensive wrinkle for, OG will be out where I talk about wide pin downs and how he can kind of it's not as glowy as the other ones I wrote, but it's about how OG can improve in this set because the rappers use it a lot in their read and react stuff. And OG it honestly is pretty lazy trying to get to the rim off of it and is mostly going through the motions and he's leaving some meat on the bone. So go to raptorsrepublic.com. You can read that. It should interest you. But OG, a guy defensively. The Raptors are looking to improve. They were, I believe, the fourth best defense in the NBA towards the back end of the season. If you know your cutoff date is like January 5th or something like that, right? And they also struggled in the playoffs, but they weren't fully healthy. They had momentum. They have continuity. OG Ananobi, how do you think he plays into the defense this year? Yeah, like this is one of my bigger takeaways last season in general covering the team was just that like rhythm is really underrated when we talk about like NBA analysis, because it's pretty hard to put into words, I think is the biggest reason. Um, but defense, like rhythm is, is huge for, for defense and OG just kept going in and out of the lineup. And so it's really hard to find your rhythm. Obviously he was good. It was not his best defensive season though. And I mean, preseason, he's he's shown some defensive pop. Like, I'm not worried at all. Like, I'm not worried about the defense or the three point shooting at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think as long as he stays healthy and, and finds a little bit of rhythm, there's no reason he can't make like an all defense team. And then the little wrinkle I thought was like Nick Nurse talked on media day about like basically he was talking about why he can't take Fred Van Vliet off the floor. And he was saying how like. The pick and roll defense, none of the backup point guards basically can do it close to the level that Fred can in terms of like guarding the ball handlers. And so it's hard for me to take him off the floor because teams eat us alive in pick and roll. And I was thinking like, well, why don't you separate Fred and OG's minutes and have OG do that? Because when I think of like, I don't know if you'll agree with this, like who do you think is the best Raptor guarding the Trey Youngs of the world? Because I think it's OG. Like, even though he's really good on wings and like, I think he's tremendous considering how big he is at guarding quick point guards. Cause even if he gets like, he can recover so well and, and he can contest guys who, who live off step backs and stuff like that. So, and obviously he's a really good screen navigator. So yeah, I think like OG makes a lot of sense to, 
Oh, if oh, if if Fred is on his game, oh, he's probably you know over the course of a game a better, I would say a better option. But OG in quick spurts, I think is the best. Not only because, and it also it matters about what type of defense you're playing. Like the Raptors, we saw when they played the Hawks last year. If we're talking about Trey Young, we saw a drop. We saw them play at the level. We saw hedge. We saw switch to blitz. We saw switch. We saw everything, basically. And Precious Achua was a really, really good option in drop. And he was able to stagnate a lot of what Trey wanted to do and Trey and Collins and Capella and all that going on. But as far as just the guy being able to defend Trey in space, OG is far and away the best. We, we saw it with... I can't remember. I believe it's Jordan Clarkson. The first game, he tried to boogie yeah. on OG, right? And OG doesn't do what a lot of players, they have that instinct that they want to do. Like, Scotty Barnes is going to jump that dude. He starts going into a combo. Scotty's going to try and get into the dribble. A lot of times, he's going to get beat. OG will never really try to get into your dribble. He's going to rely on his length, his ability to respond, and he'll jump you when you've committed yourself. We, we also saw this as OG not only as the guy guarding at the point of attack, but a guy when the Raptors were playing the Celtics in the bubble, OG was the only guy who could stick Kemba and Kemba not only couldn't beat OG, Mm -hmm. but OG would contain him and poke at the dribble like this really, you know, elite disruptive defender. And that's, that's who OG is. That's who he'll continue to be. So I, I actually would, I would like way more reps for OG as a stopper, but the Raptors have been, I would say, Nick Nurse hasn't gone to that very often. In fact, I would say Barnes got about as many reps as walking out there to try and stop a guy as much as OG did. And OG, you know, maybe this is relevant to how they defend for the people who don't know what a next is in basketball is if there's a pick and roll, let's say, above the break and Fred and OG are the two defenders above the break. If Fred gets beat off the screen, he's going to rotate over to OG's guy and OG is going to rotate over from the other side of the court to to wall up the the impending breakdown or whatever. And a lot of the time, I think that the Raptors prefer having OG off ball similar to Pascal because then they're problem solvers for the rest of the failures elsewhere. But I think maybe that's the the card ahead of the horse. Why not just stop the guy on ball? Well, you know what yeah. I mean? Well, definitely that's like, the biggest issue with the defense I think that a lot of people have and I have at times too um but yeah like your point about he's not the stopper as much I think he's especially not the stopper on point guards like Nick really likes Fred to have that job even if it comes at the cost of Fred's health so that's why I'm thinking like this year there has to be a solution and as good as like Delano has shown improvement as good as Malachi has looked like those guys are ultimately not stopping Trey, but the trays of the world. So that's why I think like there's a perfect opportunity for OG to get more reps, especially now that you have precious, like to, to guard more of the bigs of the world. Um, OG doesn't need to do that as much. And I think that's another underrated thing about like for two straight seasons, we asked OG to defend like Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he has to do that quite as much this season, just with like Thad and precious and all these you know, there's some bigger guys on the, on the Raptors now. So you can really like pick your matchups with OG a little bit more specifically now. And so that's where I think the defensive jump can come a little bit is just in that sense. 
That's that's actually such a great point. And not to shoehorn Pascal in here, but OG and Pascal. Pascal guarded John Wall in a playoff series. Pascal, when Russell Westbrook was on the Thunder, was his primary uh, defender. He also is the type of guy last year when Luke Kennard was shooting the hell out of the ball, Pascal started trailing and chasing him around screens. OG is also a guy, you know, we talked about guarding Kemba Walker. These guys were not asked to play down. These guys have been asked to play up over the past yeah. couple of years. And and even we didn't include Scotty Barnes when we talk about guarding Jokic last year, but Barnes was a big part of that yeah. too. Like it's, yeah. you know, an unorthodox, aggressive post defender like Barnes who will jump past like, you know, entry passes and stuff like that. And Barnes real quick is definitely better guarding up than he is down. Oh, way, like way better. Yeah. It's it's not close. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. OG as far as the the wants and all that kind of stuff, you know, you talked about being that second option. What what does that even look like on the Raptors, really? On a team that how how many guys averaged over fifteen last year? Four guys five. and oh five. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. So everybody averaged over fifteen last year, and also the usage percentages are pretty flat as well. You know, Fred and Pascal obviously a little bit higher, but. What does a number two look like on the Raptors? That's a very hard question to answer. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have a great answer other than just like a little bit more finishing. Pl- well, I don't. I think I think the answer is Fred moves a little bit more off ball than we've seen in the past. Scotty is kind of the playmaker that we've like more more of a playmaker than than a finisher which we've seen a lot from him at times and OG evolves into a more aggressive player like I hate to do the like it's a mindset thing but I think with OG it is in a lot of sense like he has always been a player who has been has shared the ball he's never been like an alpha in the sense where it's like no I need my 15 shots this game like he's never been like that at all but I think maybe they need a little bit more from him in terms of just that aggressiveness. And you, you mentioned like the, um, what did you call it? Oh, the, the, pin the wide plays. pin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pin down plays a- and another play I really like for OG. And it's a similar like thing in terms of getting him some momentum going to the rim is just the pitch plays that they run like at the top of the perimeter, uh, sometimes in like semi transition because it just gets him a head start going to the rim. And like guys are legitimately scared to stand in his way because he's so big. So, I like those plays that get him a step on his man going towards the rim. And if he just finishes those, I think we saw a step from him last season in terms of the footwork and the balance finishing those. So I just want to see a little bit more of that. And then it's, it's all the other things, just being a little bit more aggressive in the post and like demanding the ball when you have a mismatch. Like sometimes we blame Nick Nurse for this stuff. But sometimes it's on a player to just be like, I have it. I have a seal. Give me the ball. You know what I mean? And OG doesn't do that all that much. He has mismatches sometimes and he just kind of lives with it. So I do think aggression is like a, a big thing for him. And also the offense will just have to naturally shift towards him if he's being efficient. I think it's also identifying what you're good at and what you're trying to be good at because Norman Powell, for example, Norman Powell is a better offensive player than, you know, Gary. He's a better offensive player than OG. Norman Powell comes into a game 
Like his defense is at a very bad place all at this point, but he's tremendous offensively. He's going to shoot 40% from three, maybe higher. He's going to finish at the rim. You put him in these simple actions and he's going to be able to create massive advantage everywhere. And it's because he's really diligent creating those advantages. And it's because he knows what he wants to weaponize. Norm didn't allow like, oh, I'm trying to get to this spot in my game. and I'm trying to be this level of player. So I need to have the ball in my hands and I need to be able to isolate and run pick and roll. He was like, nope, I'll take the little plays you give me and I will eat in those. OG is a guy, long legs to step and beat dudes when he's going downhill, has always had a high assist rate on drives and makes good decisions when he's downhill to lay down or to spray to the corner, finishes at the rim extremely well, and you know gets those plays, the wide pins, the handoffs, the pitch plays, as you were saying. He's leaving meat on the bone there, and this is a guy who, if OG just wants to turn the corner more often, dude, get downhill, get into a ruckus down there, there make make stuff move that's that's one of the best ways for him to kind of elevate his offense to a point if he if og attacked pins the way that norm does og would score 20 points a game without without a doubt in my mind he'd take more free throws he'd get to the rim more he would he would just he would dictate that that teams react a little bit differently than they do and it would make the raptors offense more dangerous too so um not that anybody can just step in and be norm but OG is athletic. OG can beat dudes with his steps. And so, and, and he can finish over length at the rim. So that's an avenue for him, I think. Is yeah, there, I think yeah, that is that is the avenue to like what I was trying to say at the beginning in terms of like an all-star, because we know OG can also create something from nothing sometimes. So if he figures out that part of the game, the set play stuff, all, all the you know, a couple of areas in his game where he can be super efficient after having already the advantage created for him. And then on top of that, just do a little bit of the self-creation when they really need it, whether it's a bench group or guys are injured or it's not Pascal's game and they need it from OG, like just give them a little bit of that on top of the Norman Powell stuff. Then like, that's where I see like, okay, now this guy has taken a step. And that's we've seen him do that in big moments before in, you know, in big games during the regular season, we can look at the I believe it is January 15th versus the Bucks or earlier January versus the Bucks. But both Siakam and Fred were getting a lot of attention. Both were top 10 in doubles during the regular season anyway, but more so than usual. And so what did the Raptors do? They ran empty side pick and rolls with OG and Precious or OG and Kim, right? And. It worked pretty well. It wasn't the most efficient offense, but it was taking advantage of the way that the floor had shifted. We saw it in the early part of the series against the 76ers. Pascal's getting all this attention. OG is able to go north of 20 points. Why? Because the defense has shifted, and OG's definitely good enough, not only as a cutter and as a you know a tertiary player, but can step up to that level as a creator in the past and maybe can do it more often in the future. I think that would be... Man, if he can get all these things to kind of coalesce, to come under one house, one roof, then we're looking at a really, really special, you know, it's not like this big, booming, heliocentric creator, but very few players combine all the talents that he has as a defender with the floor that he has as an offensive player. If he gets even better, adds a ceiling to that. I Yeah, I think that's it's fair to expect, like, you know, a Chris Middleton level of impact, you know, why, why couldn't he be an all-star? I suppose that makes sense to me. Yeah. And I think a lot of people will hear us saying this. I know I've had 
arguments with people who, who will be like, well, the idea that OG is going to bring it all together. We've been talking about that for three seasons. And like, mm. on one hand, I, I understand like OG was also like a breakout player candidate for me last season and it didn't happen, but there is some context involved here that like, I don't know if we give up on players too quickly sometimes or just like, or I hold on too much too long, but like two seasons ago they were in Tampa Bay and, and last season he was in and out of the lineup all season. So it's like a broken hand for what it's worth. That matters, you know? Yeah. That matters a lot with like the rhythm stuff again. So I, that's where I'm like, I understand people's critiques where it's like, it hasn't happened yet. It's never going to happen. A lot of people, I think, gave up on OG becoming like a creator after last season because it was just too long for them. And they shifted their attention to Scotty, which like that's human nature. I get it. But for me, I'm still a believer, like put quite simply, like I will say this is really the last season where in terms of OG being like a creator, he has to he has to be a little bit more efficient this season, or else those reps do deserve to go to someone else like Scotty. But I do think he deserves one more chance, and uh, I'm still holding out hope that this could be his year. But you're bringing up a salient point is how narrative kind of instructs where we think a season is going. And Pascal had the narrative die. Everybody decided that he was a finished player after Tampa, right? Like, yeah. oh, the the progression. I just wrote about this actually for Yahoo. Like the idea of when, Pascal. When's it, yeah, yeah. There you go. Exactly. And the idea of Pascal is okay. He's this guy now, and he didn't progress in a way that I thought was super evident. You know, I'm I'm fan number one and fan number eighty seven. Right. I didn't really notice. It was hard to pick up that the playmaking was getting better in Tampa Bay. And it was hard to parse the process from the, I guess, disappointing outcomes that we saw. And so the progression is done. We paid this guy a max deal. Now he's this guy. Damn. And then the next year, progression booming again. All NBA player. And now people are like, oh, well, Pascal, you know, shoot for higher. Why can't he get better and better? It's like, it's not linear ever progression. Well, rarely. Some guys have it, which is pretty crazy. But on top of that, we're looking at OG. It would make sense if there was fits and starts in the way that he progressed. And we're going to see it with Scotty too. Scotty is a guy who has to figure out, like, it's not that you just, like, get better at something and then you're better at it in a game. It's that you get better at something and then the defense adjusts. And then you have to get better at your counter. And then the defense adjusts. And it's all about that that interplay and Players, they plateau on certain skills for a large amount of time before they ascend past where they can counter the defense and all that kind of stuff. OG is in a position, I think, where he may he's in a position where he might be able to counter. Now, maybe he doesn't. Maybe OG is just the most tremendous player, this version of him. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. That's a great player for a championship team, of course. But I do believe that something can pop something can go the right way for him as far as that's concerned. So I think we're, we're definitely agreed on that. I think you asked him about the post-ups at media day. Did you yeah. not? Like, yeah. what do you think about that area of his game? I guess, why did you ask him about that? And like, where do you think, do you think there's a lot of growth there? Room for growth? Well, I was kind of fishing to see if there was an interesting answer there because the post-ups, to me... Uh, from the outside looking in seemed like that is the, okay, here's your possessions. Like, here you go. Mm -hmm. Those are the possessions where they center him so that he can feel valued. Like he's getting touches because 
They're these isolated possessions where he gets the ball and it's his to do with it. He led them in post touches. He led them in points out of the post, assists out of the post, all that kind of stuff. And I wanted to ask him about that because I was like, is this something you like, dude? You know, is this something you're looking to try and grow? And the answer, you know, it's OG. He doesn't have to give me a good answer. He's by no means, you know, he'd do whatever he wants. But he was like, yeah, yeah, sure, I like it. You want to be good at stuff, which wasn't particularly insightful. But again, you know, he, he can do whatever he wants as far as that's concerned. But it's he's so much bigger and stronger than the guys who defend him. A bit more finesse in the post, you know. And also, like, you know, I talked about this with Caitlin Cooper, but the Raptors in the half court, you know, pick and roll, uh, you know, isolation, whatever. What was the Raptors' most efficient play type, scoring play type? In the half court, it was a pass out of the post from, mm-hmm. you know, for and that's typically coming from Pascal, Scotty, or OG. Yeah. And it's because when you when you go to the post, you invert a lot of defensive principles. And the Raptors kind of using the post as a renaissance point to to you know get to different spots on the floor and weaponize the length they have in the middle of their lineup rather than at the end of it with these typical bigs. I think it's there's a lot of ingenuity in how that works, even if it is. Uh, quite truncated at times, I suppose. You, you talked about how important rhythm is. The Raptors could stand to use a lot more of that on both sides of the floor, I think. Yeah, like we talk about the half-court offense a lot, and Nick Nurse talks about how his favorite like way to score is to like basically attack a mismatch, especially a size mismatch. But yet the Raptors actually don't do it as much as I think they could. And I remember you talking to Caitlin about that. That's when I think my ears perked up originally about like, oh, could that be a, a bit of a solution to their half-court offense? And then I watched the Boston preseason game, and I was really disappointed. And so I'm really curious to see what they do tonight because the first Boston game, Boston switched everything, and Toronto just, same as last season, filtered into ISO ball. OG and Pascal, I thought, were actually good in those scenarios, like scoring over Brown and Tatum, but like nobody else was even okay. I'm not sure how Gary did, actually. He might have been okay that game. Um, so, so yesterday at practice, I like straight up asked Fred, I'm like, how do you like attack those switchy defenses? Like, is, is the post like an option there? And he was, he was just like, I'm not into giving out game plans. You'll see tomorrow. So we'll see, but I'm really curious if they looked at that film and are going to come into tonight and have an emphasis on the post. Cause people will remember that one possession where like OG posted up Marcus smart and just like knocked him on his ass. And Marcus Smart, you know, a little, whatever. He might have been flopping a little. But it also shows, like, if OG gets Marcus Smart on a post-up, which he can at will against Boston, give him the ball because, like, good things happen. So not only for OG, but I think in general for the Raptors half-court offense, I want to see them use the post a little bit more. And especially with a little more shooting now around them, like, I just think it's a really lethal option for the way this team is built yeah well you're, you're talking about the defensive player of the year right and og floored him when pascal got a switch on to marcus smart yeah, he didn't floor him but he got triple teamed and, and still got fouled you know so the raptors it should be really interesting I, fred as much as fred wants to talk about game plans fred probably doesn't like the post because he can't make a pass into it man that's like fred is an all-star level player but he's really bad at post entry passes being tall helps with that. That's why Pascal yeah. and Scott here are the best at it on the team. But yeah, Fred yeah. probably wasn't the best guy to ask about that because, like, that's not. Boston but he's also a great his... quote, you know. So yeah, yeah. But I, I, I just mean like Boston is not his team. 
I don't think to to beat. No, Boston is a very tough team for Fred when he's yeah. in this elevated position as a creator. You know, th- there's obviously uh-huh. Scotty's development, OG's development, Pascal's development. Whatever happens this season, there's potential for Fred to to start to weaponize himself more off ball against all these types of teams. Um, Joshua Howe wrote a really good piece about it. I guess yesterday at this point on Raptors Republic, go check it out. But yeah, it's it should be really interesting to see how any one of these wings, Scotty, Pascal, OG, can be the fulcrum of breaking down the defense in the post at any point in time. Uh, is there any parting shots you want to make about OG before we get out of here? Not really. I think I think I said it all just there in terms of like I still believe in him, and I understand the fans have given up a little bit, but I. I mean, it, it, we we talked about Pascal too, and and I just wrote about this for Yahoo. I think it'll be out on Friday, but like with Pascal, you you if you're an outside observer and you're not literally watching every game, and like you, a lot of these things can get overlooked. Where it's like, oh, he went to the bubble, he was bad, and then he went to the Tampa Bay, and he couldn't lead a team with Aaron Baines, so he's not a number one option. But if you really were watching closely the whole time, you saw that, like you said, the playmaking was coming along. The team was terribly built around him. And all these things, once they got a little bit better, Pascal was able to show that, oh, no, I actually have been progressing the whole time. And I think something similar is happening with OG. Last season, we didn't see it as much. And I think that was largely due to injury. But I do think this is the season where he'll just show that like all of these things that he's been working on and getting better at. Um, I think there's an opportunity for them all to pop. So I'm a believer. That's all I can say. I, man, who, this is the thing about me being, you know, a little bit lower on Gary. I made this comment, you know, towards the, you know, during mine and Lewis's massive, like three hour uh, end of season review we did, but I love to be wrong about that stuff. And I would love for you to be right about OG because at the end of the day, we cover the team, but we want to see these players succeed. If Gary all of a sudden is a guy who gets to the rim a bunch, I throw as much egg on my face as possible. There's a guy on the team I cover who's getting to the rim now. Yeah. OG, like it, it's it's fun to be correct and stuff like that. Obviously, it's tough to watch OG struggle. He was really bad in isolation last year, but we're all rooting for this dude to have the best season. And I, And as you said, Pay close attention. There are steps being made, even if they haven't resulted in in outcomes yet, I suppose. But Oren, uh, thank you for coming on. Listener, if you're listening on the podcast, just keep doing your thing, but stay tuned for Oren's work, Yahoo. And as far as the viewer on YouTube, make sure to like the video. Uh, It's good. Everybody seems to, you know, it doesn't cost you anything. Even if you didn't like the video that much, you said, eh, still like it. You know, it's free. It's good for us. So do your thing. Oren, thanks for coming on, man. Listener, uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your day. Subscribe to the RR YouTube. That's right. Yeah, the little little at thing going on. Um, Yeah. yeah. Make sure to subscribe to Raptors Republic. And guys, we'll see you.